It's first Sunday. We already have a longer worship. I won't be long, but I got some things I need to say to you before I get out the door. I got some things that are impressed upon my spirit. But do me a favor. Before I move on, before I move on, I just want you to close your eyes and pray for the person next to you. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for the person next to you. On either side of you, if no one next to you didn't, pray for the person in front of you. Pray for the... And here's what I want you to pray as you're praying over them. I want you to pray that God is glorified in this next season of their life. That God is glorified in this next season of their life. That God is glorified in our glory. That God is glorified in this next season of their life. That God is glorified. Every hindrance to the work, every hindrance to ministry, every hindrance to what they're looking for in life, every hindrance to their rest, every hindrance to their peace, every hindrance to their joy, every hindrance to their health is rebuked. And that God is glorified. That God is glorified. In this next season, come on and praise him, boy. Come on and praise him. All right. something in here. I feel something in here. I feel something in here. Well, if y'all gonna do it, do it. Don't play with it.
Now, now, I, I'm gonna tell you. Let me just let me just tell you. If you see somebody next to you, just wave at them. Say, neighbor, get ready. There's an anointing sweeping over this place. It's on me. Tell them it's on me. Tell them it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. Let me just, I'm not going to be long. I promise you, I won't be long. I know I'm out of time. There, there are times in your life when you need to hear, and then there are times when you need to participate. You need to, you need to participate. You need to say, I'm coming up out of where I am. And while the anointing is flowing, I'm shaking the shackles off of me. I'm shaking the shackles off of me. I'm getting liberated today. Satan, you've had me down. I've been bound up. I've been bound up, but I'm getting free today. Matter of fact, I'm going to step on your head today. I'm going to stomp on your head today. I'm going to put my foot on your head because the Bible says you're under my feet. and the power of the living God. If you don't mind, just lift your hands where you are. You don't have to do anything else. Don't do anything. Don't move. Just lift your hands.
chapter 16 the apostle says in verse 9 because a wide door for effective service has opened to me in Ephesus a very promising opportunity and there are many adversaries I have been talking I've been talking from the theme seeing beyond the mess optimism, obstacles, and opportunities. This is part three. Now, I had a 35, 40-minute sermon, but I'm going to condense what I was going to say to the next 15 to 20 minutes. I'm going to condense it because I needed this worship more than I needed to say it was here. And to be honest, if the Holy Spirit wasn't tugging on me, pressing me to give this word, I would stop now. Because spiritually, I've had enough. I'm, I'm full. I'm full to the brim. I'm, I'm, I'm there. But the Lord says someone needs to hear this word. So I'm being obedient to the presence of the living God. And, and what I want to talk to you about is because some of you are dealing with things in life that you've lost perspective on. And it's hard because you've dealt with so much. Some of us are aging. And with some of you, you're aging so gracefully, people are still thinking you're 10, 20 years younger than you are. But you know, you know, when you get up in the morning, you know you don't rush to put your feet on the floor till you're sure you're ready to get up. 
Some of us are dealing with loved ones that are not well. Some of you are dealing with your mates that are not well. Some of us are dealing with loved ones that are in a bad place mentally. The malaise is still lingering. It's still foggy. It hasn't broken the grip yet. You know, while you may not talk to your mate, your loved one who may sleep right by your side, you know you're not yourself yet. You keep trying to pick yourself up. You keep trying to tell yourself today's the day. I'm going to be me again. But you know, it hasn't quite happened yet. If you knew where the switch was, you'd flick it right now. But there is no switch to get back what you lost. Somebody sitting here right now, you listening to me, and you want to agree, but to agree is to accept what you have tried to reject. To agree means you have to acknowledge that some stuff ain't what it ought to be. You know, trying to learn to see beyond the messiness of our lives is the hardest thing to do. Trying to deal with death, the death of friends and of loved ones. My wife and I were on the way over to church today and we were recounting the things that have hurt us, that have happened to us over the years and how they impacted us. And I was thinking about those same things because every, every loss, every death, difficult impact, bam. And some of those bullets you take and you're like, doo, 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 and you almost feel like Superman or feel like you're in the matrix and they're just gonna fall to the ground. You wanna have a Neo moment and just put your hand up and all the bullets come at you and then they all drop down. And he just stands to the side and says, hmm. and ready to go into your karate move. I wish I could. I kick my leg up like that. I might not get it back down. It definitely wouldn't come back the same way. So, so what is it that God wants from us? What is it that we are to learn during this time of dealing with mess? Now, there are people in this world that like mess. I remember years ago, I used to watch Mike Rowe. Some of y'all might remember Mike Rowe. You might not know him by his, by his real name. His name is Mike Rowe. He was the host of Dirty Jobs. And Mike Rowe would go anywhere. It originally aired on the Discovery Channel. And, and he would go to the most difficult places with the most dirty jobs and work with the employees. Strange, disgusting, messy occupational duties. And he'd work right alongside those employees. He loved that stuff. He shopped that show around for a long time before he got a hit with the Discovery Channel. But when he did, Mike was able to see 
Beyond the Mess towards three primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Reality Program. Not bad for a man working in mess. Yeah. Some people like it. They can deal with it. They can, they can handle it. But I think that he recognized that even though there was mess, there was work going on. There was credible work going on. Hard work. And people needed to be respected for their labors doing jobs that some of us couldn't do. I don't know, um, a few years ago, Van Jones wrote a book. And Van Jones' book is called uh, uh, How We Came Apart and How We Come Together Beyond the Messy Truth. Van, Van Jones is one of those persons who is a television personality. And, and what, what Jones says, if the road to social trans, transformation can be paved only by saints who never make mistakes, the road will never be built. And that, let's just be honest here. I don't know about you, but I'll, let, let me just take to the witness box first. I want to admit I've made mistakes. All of you who have not made mistakes, please leave quickly because this won't be a storm later on today. And I don't want the lightning to hit you, you, and just flick up on me. Just so please, you are you are excused. Uh, look here, hey, you don't, don't act like you have made some. Some of y'all made mistakes, and some of y'all made doozies. Some of y'all made a mess out the mess. The truth of the matter is that we all have to learn how to live and to deal with the messiness of life and to see beyond that. Listen, I know you're going through something right now, but recognize this is just a snapshot moment. This is not your whole life. Snapshot. Let, let me go back. Um, I don't walk as well as I used to walk. But what most of you might not know is that as a child, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I don't want to go through the healing story, but, but just, just so you get this. So as a child, before I ever preached, now remember, I started preaching at 15. Before I ever preached, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and I had prayed for I. I had a lot of issues. Matter of fact, sometimes if you look at my face, you can see I have a lazy eye. Still repercussion. Okay, listen. God healed me. Now, now, there was a period there where I couldn't walk at all. I laid on the couch. I was in so much pain. And they were telling my mother that they wanted to put me in a body cast and put me in Newington Children's Home. And my mama said, give them to me. And the saints came around my bed every day just to pray. Why do I say that? Because if you had saw me then, my attitude, I was young, was real faith strong, but I was still scared. But realize, 
even with all the pain and everything I went through, every shot I took, every time those long needles came to try to go into my joints and get me out of pain, cortisone, everything else, every time it seemed like it was going to last forever. But I've been pastoring here almost 37 years. When they said I wouldn't walk. Which tells you that that was only a snapshot. What you're dealing with right now. Just one snapshot on your life's journey. It doesn't define you. And it doesn't define your relationship with God. Because you're going through. Paul says, wide uh, doors open, but yet there are many adversaries. You know, I, I, I said this, and I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I said it the way I thought it in my spirit. The problem rarely, the problem is rarely the predicament. It's the perception of it. Okay. The problem is rarely the predicament. I don't care what it is. Surgery, uh, di poor diagnosis, bad health crisis, loved one. It's it, but it's your perception of it. And what I've had to come to come to grips with is the fact that I need to get me some new perception lenses. Yeah, so that I can see what God is doing in the midst of it all. When I go back over certain things in my life and I see the hand of God, I know God was moving that, fixing that, manipulating that, undergirding here, breaking doors over here. I know God was in the midst of it all. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go. Three quick things, and I'm gonna go here. And, 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 and if you don't mind, I give myself away undergirds this next piece here. So listen, listen, I'm not gonna sing it again. I sang it one time already because it was in my spirits. As, as Larry even says, it's in my spiritualizations. Listen, there are three lessons from Paul's letter here. And Paul gives us those three lessons, and they are in between the lines, so you're going to have to see them with me, all right? So let's see them together. If you go back, the, the Message Bible kind of gives you a hint. He says, this is verse 5 through 9 in the message. It says, I plan to visit you after passing through northern Greece. I won't be staying long there, but maybe I can stay a while with you, maybe even spend this winter. Then you could give me a good send-off wherever I may be heading next. I don't want to just drop by in between other primary destinations. I want a good, long, leisurely visit. If the master agrees, we'll have it. There's something about what Paul is saying 
number one, that teaches us this lesson, to plan with flexibility. See, when you plan with flexibility, you know what your, your, your mantra is? The will of the Lord be done. Stay with me, Solomon, I'm walking. Listen, you, you, you say the will of the Lord be done, you don't worry about nothing else. The will of the Lord be done. I was, I was thinking about that because, hey, I've had some, some good days and some bad days, some hills to climb. And I was thinking about how there are times in my life where I've wanted stuff that apparently God didn't want for me. And I could have been disappointed. My wife and I went to a neighborhood the other, a few weeks ago when I was on my sabbatical, we were driving around. Went to a neighborhood that we had thought we wanted to move to years ago. And God closed that door and opened up the door where we live. And uh, we rode through to see how that was faring. And we looked at each other, and we said to each other, look at God. <laughs> Lord, you closed the door, but then you opened the door that was better than the door you closed. <laughs> look at God. No, you, 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 you ain't got that yet. Let me see if I can, I can do it another way. I can do it another way. I don't know about you, but mama taught me a long time ago, Lord, was for me? This is my prayer. Bring it close to me. What's not, push it far, far away. This is going to mess you up right here. Don't pray that prayer if you don't want God to have his way. Because there'll be times when stuff will be going away from you that you wanted to come to you. And there'll be times when stuff coming to you will be what you wish stayed away from you. But you're locked into one thing, Lord, your will. And then you say to yourself, I give myself away. Not for me, but for you, so you can use me. So I stay flexible. I ain't going nowhere. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay loose. I'm gonna stay flexible because I don't know which way God wants to move right now. So I'm gonna stay flexible. God, whatever you wanna do with me, I'm not gonna dictate the next move. I'm gonna be in the move. I'm not gonna dictate the next season. I'm gonna be in the midst of the season. There's something about living with complete trust that God knows best that frees you up from anxiety. Leroy, you remember this one, man. 
I, I thought about this the other day. I said, man, we've been through a lot together. Boy, you've been with me several times. My mother was passing away. She was going to die. She was going to be with the Lord. And uh, and so we had been at the hospital a long time and kind of thought she was going to make it another day. So I had left the hospital. Debbie and Gloria were still upstairs, and Leroy was still there. I think Gina might have been around. We were, I had left. I, my wife and I, we got out. We went on the elevator, went down. I'll be back in the morning. And I had already prayed with Mama, and I had already believed God, and I had already accepted it. And uh, I, I was trusting God, whatever the will of the Lord is. But they were worried about me, you know, they were really concerned. And they should be. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a mama's boy. Um, I'm being honest. I'm, I'm mama's baby. I'm, you know, they, she, she may be the baby girl, but I was mama's baby. I'm mama's boy. All you got to do is ask Debbie. She'll tell you right now. She, don't put nothing in the comments, sis. Listen. But uh, so I can't, they called me up. I said, well, what happened? I just walked out the door. We just got out. And they called me up, and uh, we were Yale and New Haven. They called me up. They said, um, you need to come back. So, okay, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Came right back. Went one long. He said, well, Leroy, I'll meet you downstairs because we, we, we moved rooms. And I said, okay. So Leroy came and met me. I said, Leroy, what happened? Now, I know they told him, don't tell me. But the reason they told him, don't tell me, because they thought I'd fall apart. They thought I was going to go. What they didn't realize is I had already accepted. But I could not have accepted what God was doing if she hadn't accepted it. She told us for two straight years, I'm getting ready to go, prepare, do one, two, three, four, five. And on the last time she said, this is it. I go to be with the Lord. What am I supposed to do? The Lord has spoken. She has answered. The only thing left for me to do is say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Y'all missed it. Went over your head. I know it's, I'm bothering somebody right now, but I'm coming down your street. Because what I'm trying to tell you is when you get to the place where you move beyond making God do what you want God to do, you accept the will of the Lord and you go ahead and say, God, I receive it. I can't say I like it, but I'm going to live with it and I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm trying, I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm, Lord, I'm waiting way over my time. Let me, I'm going to throw one more on you and I'm going down. I'm going to sit, sit down. One second, one second. Woo! 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 I, I should be done. I got to stop. I really have to stop. Lord, I got to stop, really. But I'm giving you this last thing and I'm, I'm really, I'm really going to stop with this. Paul teaches something else. Paul says, a wide door is open, and yet there are many adversaries. Do you know what Paul doesn't say? You know what he doesn't say? The Lord told me. 
the Lord said. The Holy Spirit spoke into my spirit, told me I'm to stay in Ephesus. I had a dream that I should stay here in Ephesus. I had a vision. God showed me to stay in Ephesus. It's not in the text. Because you have to, number two, learn how to perceive with faith. I'm done with this one. Y'all, y'all, y'all can, I'll come back. I promise you I'll come back. But listen, listen, listen. I'm sick and tired of folk who think that God is going to speak every word to you. And these folk that hear God said, the Lord said all the time, y'all make me nervous because I talk to him all the time. And not all the time does God speak to me in a clear voice. Not every time I pray do I hear God say, go left, right, and down the middle. That's not how God works. That's why there are so many times in the New Testament where Paul says, I speak this by permission and not by command. What he's saying is, God didn't say it, but he gave me permission to speak this truth into your spirit. If it was a command, he would have been saying, yea, thus saith the Lord. I'm messing with somebody. But listen to me closely, because this, this is one of the most important lessons you'll ever get from me if I don't give you another one in life. Get this from me. You understand what we call commonly intuition. You have within you, you have within you a God consciousness. There's a part of you that could not exist apart from God. Whether that is dormant and covered up by your sins and your craftiness and your witchery and everything else you're doing. There's a part of you that is connected to God. That's how you exist. And so we refer to it as intuition. We call it intuition. We, we call it intuition. Paul, Paul also talks to inspiration, which we get from the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos. Are y'all with me so far? And then there's information. What's going on? The reality check of everything in my life. Now watch this. When I, when I give this to you, I'm going home. When I say perceive with faith, what I'm saying is you need to have divine discernment. No still small voice. The impress inclination of the soul's creator speaking through life. Okay. Let me give it to you one more way. Do you know how many times, and I, I want you, when I, when I say this to you, it's going to resonate because you know it's happened. You know how many times you've had a feeling you shouldn't go somewhere? And you can recall when you went after having that feeling, and then you got in trouble, something went wrong, he said, I knew I shouldn't be here. And you can recall when you didn't go, and you got word later, man, they shot up the club last night. Them fools in there acting crazy. He said, I knew I wasn't supposed to be in there. 
What you have to realize is many times in your life, God has been trying through your spirit to direct your life. Sometimes it's a hesitancy. Mm, I don't don't feel right about that. Now, Now, what I have to do is I have to take the intuition, the natural part, along with the inspiration. I don't have time to work this through. I'll come back to it. Along with the available information, and I have to learn to discern where God is in the situation. I, I, I Sometimes I use my wife for this all the time because I know she, she's, she's a straight shooter, and she, if God's speaking to her, she feels something, she's going to say it all right. So the other day, I was supposed to be at a retreat. I wanted to go to retreat. supposed to be at the retreat. I wanted to be there, but there's a part of me that didn't want to go. So I, 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 I was just looking for confirmation. I said, baby, do you, do you think I need to go to the retreat? Do you, do you think I should be there? She looked at me, she said, just as plain, I'm paraphrasing, but it was real plain. She said, that's your flesh talking. You know where you need to be at. Your flesh is saying, stay here, work in my office. But you know you need to be physically present where you can be in conversation and in meditation and in contemplation. Now, your flesh doesn't want to make the ride. Your flesh doesn't want to go out. Your flesh don't want to go there. But you need to be in the midst. Let me help you here. You've got to learn how to hear the unheard voice. Because God is speaking, it's just not verbal. I've got to stop. But when you can see beyond the mess, you'll also hear beyond the noise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Everyone, maybe there's somebody here today as you stand on your feet in the sanctuary and at home, you can listen. Please, if you're here today and you want to be a part of this fellowship, I want you to come, raise your hand, and I want to want you now to become a part of this wonderful fellowship. If you're at home, call me or email me right away. Don't let, a, don't let another moment go by. Do it right now, and we will get back to you shortly. I want you to do it right now. I've got a hand over here. So over here, come on, go around. Amen, there's one in the back. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's bless God, let's bless God, let's bless God. Come on. Will there be another, will there be another? I'm waiting on you, thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm waiting on you. That's it, oh God, I give myself away.
so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh God, I give myself away. you've already done in this place and we receive even now those who have made a commitment to the body of Christ we receive them into the fellowship and into the lordship of Jesus Christ speak afresh to us even now in Jesus name amen you may be seated for just a moment I promise I'm, I've gone way over time I, I apologize I really do I really apologize I don't want to I want to keep this service in a short time frame but I just feel the special anointing for today. Just, so let me do a couple of things and we're going to get right out the door. Number one, get your offering in your hand, whatever God has given you. If you gave already, you, if you mailed it in, you don't have to worry about it. If you gave online, you don't have to worry about it. If you're here and you want to give an envelope, you want to give your offering, give it at the door. The ushers will receive it there. I'm going to bless it. I'm not going to beg you. You do what you know the Lord has told you to do. If you can join us in our capital stewardship giving, we've asked people to do $20 a week. Uh, $100 a month works just fine. Whatever you want to give, it's $25 a week, I think it is. Amen. But join us. That's our capital giving. Whatever God lays on your heart, you give it. But don't give it if you're going to be mad when you give it. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Let me say something. I'd rather you keep it than to begrudge it. Because not only you lose a blessing, you gain a curse. You offer something to God. You offer that which costs you something. And you offer it unto God, knowing that God is the one that repays. Amen? Father, we thank you for the gifts and tithes, offering, and gifts we give now. We give it unto the kingdom of the living God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 